Hello and welcome to I'm Your Biggest Fan, the podcast that chats to your favourite artists about their favourite artists. I'm your host, Jasmine Lamy, in conjunction with the Noise Podcast Network and sponsored by Satanic Tico. On today's episode, I'm digging in to Bristol-based metal outfit Svalbard Serena Cherry's favourite band. Despite blending elements of post-hardcore, post-metal, black metal, crust-punk, post-rock, and shoegaze, Serena's biggest love lies with the Finnish symphonic metal band Nightwish. Having released four full-length albums, Serena's vocals and melody inspirations have changed over time, but you never forget your first. Thank you for joining me on this podcast. Um, oh, thanks for having me. <laughs> I'm excited to talk to you. Um, so yeah, the band you want to talk to talk about today is Nightwish, which I'm also really excited about because Nightwish is a, it's a name I've always heard and come across, and I've probably heard a few songs here and there, but it's never been a band that I've like sank my own teeth into. So I want to know. Do you remember the first time you you heard Nightwish or came across them? Yeah, uh, the first time I heard Nightwish, it was on a compilation CD that a, a pen pal. Remember those? Like, oh we my would god, write to each other. We, I mean, we met online, but then it progressed uh, to writing each other letters, and uh, she made me um, a mix CD and. Wishmaster was one of the tracks on the CD, which is uh, off Nightwish's third album, also called Wishmaster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I remember hearing that song on the CD and uh, being absolutely blown away by, you know, it didn't just didn't sound like anything else. What with it being so grand and yeah. operatic, um, yeah, that's the first time I heard them. How old were you around that time then? I would have been about fifteen years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, 15, writing letters to my friend in Manchester who about how no one understood me at school. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I remember the days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, she made me that CD. It had loads of good stuff on it, actually. Loads of like things, bands that I got really, really into. But Nightwish was definitely the, uh, yeah, the big one on there. So like around that time, as well as what else was on that, compilation cd like what other music was around you at that time and what was it about nightwish that stood out against everything else that was around you um at the time i was into sort of i was really starting to delve into extreme metal uh i was really into like the more symphonic side of things i was obsessed i say was I'm obsessed with Cradle of Filth. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, and uh, Dimmu Borgir, mm. uh, those type of bands, Emperor. So kind of like slightly black metal tinged, but not, you know, what people would describe as, you know, uh, true black metal, but yeah. definitely uh, symphonic music that had a, a black metal edge to it. Um, also sort of goth bands like uh, Sentenced, Him um yeah all sorts of of uh kind of slightly less mainstream avenues of metal I guess uh like I'd gone from before that I listened to a lot of new metal and then from that I just sort of uh delved a little bit deeper yeah so when you heard Nightwish against like all of the other symphonic black metal that you were 
listening to because there's not a lot of like black metal elements to Nightwish. So what was it about them that kind of overtook everything else that you were into at that time? I think because Nightwish did, just didn't really sound like anything else. And I think the thing, one of the things I loved most about bands like Dimmu Borgir was the classical arrangements. Right. Um, and yeah, obviously Cradle of Filth had an opera singer in them. They always have. Uh, at the time, it was Sarah Jezebel Diva, incredible voice. So I think Nightwish basically took a lot of the elements in the other bands that I liked. But also, I, the, but the best way I can describe it, and this sounds really fluffy, I'm sorry, uh, is Nightwish is like a feeling. So there's yeah. listening to music and then there's the Nightwish feeling. And it has been the same with me ever since I discovered them. Like I've listened to them for over a decade now. And uh, it's always the same feeling. Uh, but yeah, I think it was the kind of the guitar tone is really magical. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the orca- orchestral arrangements and the keyboards um, are just so layered and dynamic. Taya Tarunan was obviously the singer at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, what a voice, what a singer. Like I think for an opera singer, she's really emotive, which yeah. a lot of opera singers aren't. Like it's more of a, a technical kind of technique. But with, with Taya, she always... Sounds, yeah, really, really emotive in the songs. Um, I think it was just, yeah, the kind of epicness of Nightwish that got me obsessed. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, I can hear that as well. So you mentioned there that the first song you heard was Wishmaster, did you say? Yeah. So was that also your favorite song or once you got into it did like other songs kind of take over from that well this is the thing back in my day there was no such thing as like youtube or spotify Mm -hmm. so when you wanted to hear more from a band you had to go out and buy the album and nightwish albums at the time were quite hard to come by because they didn't have a distribution deal in the uk uh so if you did find a nightwish album in hmv it would be like 21 pounds on import the first Nightwish album I bought was Century Child, uh, which is the album after Wishmaster and one of my all-time favourite Nightwish albums. I think, I don't know, probably still my all-time favourite Nightwish album. It's a little bit darker. It's very brooding. It's very like, yeah. Um, I mean, the album cover is, you know, when you get album covers that look like how it sounds, like yeah. with the colours of them? The album covers all these like dark blues and purples and this album is just that like it is the most dark blue and purple album you'll ever hear. I, I love it when like because I'm a huge fan of artwork as well especially like if it's on merch or if I've got it framed or whatever um so like personally I find it really important that the artwork matches the music especially like if you if you are going through albums in HMV and it's, it's the first thing you come across usually is the visuals and then you can put the audio to it afterwards. So, yeah, that's cool. That's cool <laughs> that it like matches up. Yeah, yeah. And that was so that was the first Nightwish album I bought was Century Child. That because that was the first one I found uh, mm-hmm. in HMV. And yeah, I mean, that is probably my most listened to album of all time. <laughs> I still listen to it all the time. It's such a great album. Yeah, of course. So when you like did go into HMV and you were... Did you go in specifically looking for Nightwish albums? And that's the only one they had. Yeah, yeah. So I'd saved up my money from working in a on Saturdays in a guitar shop and went to HMV after work looking for some Nightwish. And at the time, they only had 
century child i remember yeah like uh when i got the other albums after that it was because i went to london to a gig and uh i had to like i went to a record shop in camden called resurrection records mm-hmm. and uh I went to Camden to get, yeah, went to Resurrection Records, which is where you could get a load of stuff imported. Um, and they had all the Nightwish stuff in there. So I think I spent like £60, oh which was a lot of money back then, <laughs> on getting all the rest of the Nightwish albums. Yeah, it's like you don't realise how expensive buying discographies are, <laughs> especially when there's a few albums out already. Definitely. But then that was what was so nice about getting into them at that point was having so much to delve into already. It's like when you discover a TV series five seasons in, you're like, ah, there's so much. There's so much to consume. (laughs) So that was good. Yeah. Yeah. Because I can imagine like after listening to one album, just being like so hungry for more. And if there wasn't anything else, especially I imagine like the early 2000s before Spotify or youtube where it wasn't about the next single and then the next single and the next single and it was just all like working around an album and having to wait years for that yeah yeah it was it was people forget it was such a different time it really was it wasn't like uh smaller bands or bands that didn't have distribution in the uk were it was just hard so much harder to to listen to them yeah oh that must have been that must have been tough (laughs) (laughs) So um, Svalbard have four albums out now. Latest one has just come out, which I listened to today, which is very good, by the way. Um, And a handful of EPs as well. How has your love of Nightwish influenced your own music writing? Because obviously it's quite different from Svalbard's output, but what kind of influence do you usually take from it when doing your own stuff? I mean, uh, there's a lyric in a Nightwish song uh, that's sing what you can't say. And that is the philosophy that I've taken for all lyric writing in Svalbard. There's another thing. uh, So Tumas Holopainen is like the mastermind of Nightwish. He plays keyboards on stage, but he writes all the music and he writes all the lyrics. And he puts a lot of references in his lyrics. So he'll have references to other bands, other films, poetry and stuff like that. And I adopt the same approach with my lyric writing as well. So uh, on the most recent album, there's like a Gary Moore reference in one of the lyrics. Uh, There's um, a reference to a band called All About Eve. There's a reference to a band called Antimatter in my lyrics. So it's that same, I'm sort of um, taking inspiration from him when it comes to writing the lyrics as to like making references to loads of other things as well. Mm -hmm. And then in terms of our sound, I mean... I don't, I can't sing opera. I am not a trained opera singer, but I spent so much of my teen years singing along to Nightwish Mm -hmm. and trying to sing to Nightwish that that's where I became able to sing. I mean, nowhere near, not in the same way at all. I have a very soft, uh, pathetic little voice. (laughs) (laughs) I definitely Uh, would not use those words. I mean, for my for my clean singing, at least, like maybe the the scream is slightly different, but yeah. And obviously, what's interesting as well, we're we're a band that are a lot heavier than Nightwish, and we have a lot of screamed vocals. And uh, Nightwish have have no growls or anything in them, really. Um, so I think people are always surprised when they hear that I love Nightwish so much, but and then listen to Svalbard, and we sound completely different. But something I've always thought is just 
because you're inspired by something doesn't mean you necessarily want to emulate it. Like, I don't want to, I don't think I could. No one can make music like Night Wish. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I'm not trying to sort of copy what they do, but more let the feeling that I get from them guide what I create. Yeah. So you mentioned there that you also use references to other bands in your music. How many references to Nightwish have you put into your music to date? Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> oh, I mean, there's probably at least four or five on each album. So that would total to 20. <laughs> there's so many, like, I can't even, I'm thinking back to the first album. I'm like, I know they're all in there. So yeah, I'd, I'd like, guesstimate around 20 Nightwish references in, in the Svalbard discography. <laughs> Can you think of any off the top of your head or do people need to go and like specifically listen out for them now? Uh, let me think with... Um, I can't think of any off the top of my head. Like it will be the way I phrased something echoes the way Tumas has phrased something or... Um, like a kind of ref really deep reference to one of their songs or one of their philosophies. I can't think of a lyric straight off the top of my head where people where I could say it and people would go, Oh yeah, you're referencing Nightwish, but they are there. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to go back to what you said before about um I don't know where I've seen it. It might have been like on your own social media, but that that lyric line, sing what you can't say, I had no idea that was a Nightwish thing. But I remember reading that somewhere and being like, I like that. I like that a lot. And now now it all makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, yes, it's in a it's in a Nightwish song called uh, Dead Boy's Poem, which is one of their, the sad Nightwish songs are sad with a capital S. Like, <laughs> wow. And that, again, that's another thing that I really take from them is... Uh, sort of bearing a soul like that with your lyrics oh. and, and not being afraid to showcase the uh, the sadness, I guess. Yeah, that's the wonderful thing about, I guess, like creative outlets, especially when you feel a certain way, like it's a healthy coping mechanism to like put all of like the really shitty, horrible emotions of everyday life into something that ends up actually being like, really nice and really beautiful and bringing joy to other people as well i find definitely i always think of it as like a transformative thing uh where you sort of you you take the pain and you give it purpose and yeah. you take it out of yourself and you turn it into a seed and plant that seed and watch it grow into a song that other people can relate to and, and enjoy and it just yeah it transforms the, the darkness into light my god i sound <laughs> No, I agree with it though I agree with it it's true <laughs> you mentioned before as well that um Nightwish is a feeling uh so if you could pick out certain songs for certain moods you're like oh this is a difficult question now <laughs> which ones would you choose and for what type of moods um, I would pick Ghost Love Score for like a romantic mood. I think that's the most romantic song ever writ written, Ghost Love Score. Oh my God, the lyrics to the chorus of that. And also um, there's another, I'm going to pick two for, for romance moods. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, a lot of Nightwish songs are really romantic. So Ghost Love Score, and then there's Ever Dream, which has the lyric, my song can but... My song can but borrow your grace, which yeah. I think is the most romantic lyric ever written, like for a metal song. Yeah. Um, I love that line. And it's such a sweet song. Uh, I mean, all the romantic songs in Nightwish are kind of like lovelorn and um, unrequited and stuff like that. So yeah. <laughs> that says a lot about me and, and my <laughs> romance. Um, but yeah, I would say Ghost Love Score and ever dream for a romantic mood and then like for when you're feeling really sad uh, end of all hope um off century child uh, dead boys poem those are very apt then, titles for sad songs yeah yeah and then i think i'm 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 sticking in tire era here and then i think sort of more philosophical style mood then you'd be looking to the newer stuff uh, probably endless forms most beautiful or, um, my God, what, what was the, the last track on the album, Endless Forms Most Beautiful, it's like 20 minutes long. Oh, I think it's called The Greatest Show on Earth. Yes, it's called that. My God, that, like, it's so, I can't think of another word for philosophical, but it is, it's like really <laughs> kind of big. There's some big thinking in mm -hmm. the lyrics to that song and it's epic when they play it live uh and then i think for a like a pissed off mood uh slaying the dreamer oh. and then for like oh for a happy mood uh the song dark chest of wonders the opening song off once um the chorus of that is just pure joy <laughs> okay i love that i'm gonna so like because they've when I get into a band, I like going through the entire discography from beginning to end. Unfortunately, now that I'm older, I don't have time to do that. <laughs> so this is going to be really cool, like getting into bands that I weren't in, wasn't into before, but with someone to guide me and where to go. So it's going to be interesting after this when I go back and listen to like the specific songs that you've mentioned and being like, oh, yeah, this makes sense now. <laughs> it's always nice when there's like I think you it can absorb someone else's passion and then it yeah. make, makes you like enjoy a band a lot more yeah that's that's why I like I really enjoy doing these interviews because like like I said because my full-time job is in the music industry I'm a publicist as well so I find it really difficult to get into new music that I'm not working or like my comfort bands from my childhood so and I get like secondhand excitement and secondhand happiness of people as well. So this is like, this is my way of like getting into music that I wouldn't have time to get into otherwise. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, that's really cool. And I totally sympathize with the, uh, the not having time. Uh, I work in the games industry and now I don't have time to play video games because <laughs> I just work <laughs> about games. It's great, but yeah, very time consuming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can only imagine. <laughs> So thankfully, um, Nightwish have actually been going for like quite a while. So have you managed to see them live in concert before? Oh, so many times. Yeah. yeah. When was the first? Uh, the first time I saw them was, I believe this was the first ever Bloodstock Festival, or it might have been the second. It was when it was indoors in a sort of 
fall in Derby. Um, and it was Nightwish played or headlined one of the days at their first UK show many, many years ago. I went to that. And then I saw them at the London Astoria more times than I can even remember every single tour because after they released Century Child, they got a, a distribution deal in the UK. So the the sixth album, sorry, fifth album, I'm counting an EP as an album there, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, did have more promo and stuff in, in the UK and they started coming over here more. So I saw them every single time they played and they would sell out the Astoria and then add another date and I'd go to both. Um, <laughs> and yeah, uh, I saw them at Wacken um, oh, 2005. Awesome. Um, yeah, I've seen them so many times. I saw them, which so I've seen them with every different singer. Uh, Annette, we don't talk about the Annette era. <laughs> it's so <laughs> frustrating because musically, those are two really, really fantastic Nightwish albums. Her voice for me, it's not Nightwish. It just doesn't yeah. fit with the music. It's very scratchy, poppy kind of voice. Uh, so that was kind of when I um, didn't go and see them as often. I did see them perform with her twice and was not into it at all. Didn't yeah. like her versions of the old songs. So sort of felt a bit disconnected from them at that point. And then... After this, they got uh, Floor Janssen from mm -hmm. After Forever, Le Green, <laughs> in, and she is absolutely phenomenal. And the albums they've recorded with her are top tier. Um, and I've seen them with her several times. So we went as a band outing because everyone in the band, apart from the drummer, loves Nightwish. Uh, <laughs> so we all went to Wembley. Uh, was it earlier this year or was it? I think it was, yeah, earlier this year. Um, Went to see them, which was great, and saw them at Wembley again a uh, couple of years before that. So basically every time they come through, I'm there now. <laughs> yeah, oh, amazing. When you saw them at Bloodstock, did you have plans to go to Bloodstock regardless and then they were added, or did you go specifically because you knew they were performing? Oh, I went I, I went to see them. Like There was a few other bands on the lineup that uh, I liked, but I was there. I bought the ticket and went and made that journey to see Nightwish. Awesome. And did I cried you... the whole way through. <laughs> <laughs> did you go by yourself or did you go with other people as well? I went by myself. So I used to go to loads of gigs on my own because I didn't... I still do, actually. I say that. I went to a gig on my own the other week. Um I didn't know that many people who liked the same stuff as me. Um, and I, I sort of had, knew a few familiar faces of people I would like say hello to once I was there, people I'd mm -hmm. seen at other gigs and stuff. But um, yeah, I didn't actually go. I went to Bloodstock on my own. <laughs> That's, I mean, at least it was when, I guess, when Bloodstock was smaller. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it was, it was super cool. It was like a really nice day. Did you find... Um... So this is why, because I, I also go to a few gigs by myself, but when I used to go to gigs, when I started going to gigs, I would always like go with my dad or go with the only one other friend I had that was into slightly alternative music. And we kind of like bounce the excited energy off each other. How was it seeing them by yourself? I, do you know what? I think I genuinely preferred it because I could just stand there 
get right to the front, get really into it, lose myself in it and not kind of feel self-conscious. I'm really socially awkward anyway and uh, really like self-conscious all the time. So I think being on my own was probably the nicest way to okay. enjoy it uh, the, for the first time. I mean, I have seen them with other people now and uh, and that's really nice too. But I think having that experience just for me and being able to like yeah cry and and sing my little heart out and stuff it was it was really nice yeah I guess it would have been like really cathartic as well and like that core memory for you is just like a very personal thing as well like more so than if you'd like seen them with someone else I guess like that is something you're not gonna forget it's not gonna blend into any other experiences you've had since I guess yeah definitely Fuck. So they've stated that they're going to be on a touring hiatus for the next album cycle. How do you feel about that? Not being able to go yeah. and see them. Well, Flo's having a baby, so <laughs> uh, I'm happy for her. And uh, yeah, that's like, um, I totally get it, to be honest with you. Um, I have seen them. I guess if I were to add it up, I've probably seen them over 20 times live. And it is great. It's always great to see them. But at the same time, you know, Touring is hard and uh, very, very draining. And if you want to be starting a family, if you've got other commitments, if you've got, you know, yeah, um, children and spouses and stuff to spend time with, do that. You know what I mean? Like, I yeah. don't, uh, as much as it's kind of, you know, I'll, I'll, it just basically means that when they do tour again, I'll be even more excited for it than before. But like, I think it's I I totally get it basically mm -hmm. is what I'm trying to say when bands say we're not going to be touring for a while I'm like yeah yep <laughs> <laughs> like yeah good for you <laughs> <laughs> I love it when um like when bands have children and then they get old enough and they bring the children out on stage it makes me cry every fucking time doesn't matter if I know the band doesn't matter if I'm like emotionally invested there is a child on stage I am bawling my eyes out <laughs> oh. <laughs> but yeah so um do you happen to know where their band name comes from no I don't isn't it hang on the first song they ever wrote was called Nightwish I believe I think that's where it came from I've got written here that it's from their self-titled acoustic demo in the late 1990s the name yeah. Nightwish was derived from their first song together ah there we go yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, vaguely knew it i guess <laughs> <laughs> i like that i like when um especially when a band will name well their band name and then they'll have the same name for an album and then they will also have the same name for a song on that album <laughs> yeah like nightwishception <laughs> yeah yeah exactly i think more bands should do that <laughs> we've never done it we've never named a svalbard song svalbard or a svalbard album svalbard we're well, too too topical for that <laughs> <laughs> next time that'll be your next time <laughs> so out of their nine studio albums you said your favorite was Wishmaster. Think you did. Century Child. That one, Century Child. <laughs> uh, which one of any of them, I know you said that the Annette era was underwhelming, so would you say your least favourite albums are those two, or do you have other under 
underwhelming ones too? Um, Angels Fall First, which is their first album, they're still kind of finding their sound in that one. Uh, there's a few good songs. Uh, Elven Path is quite a good song, but it's very much, it, it's undercooked, basically. Mm. Uh, so that's not one, like if someone said to me, which Nightwish album should I avoid? I'd probably say Angels Fall First, um, first. Because, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just not quite, they're not quite there yet. It's almost almost like a really well-produced demo, that album. Right, okay. Um, yeah, and then after that, I would say the Annette era, so Dark Passion Play and Imaginarium. And I feel so guilty saying that because the, some of the songs and the instrumental work on those albums is incredible. It's just her voice I don't get on with. Yeah, I guess, um, so like, <clears throat> my favourite band is Guns N' Roses that my dad got me into. And I remember buying the whole discography besides Chinese Democracy. And <laughs> after like years and years and years of being into Guns N' Roses, just one Christmas, my dad randomly bought me Chinese Democracy. And he was like, I know you're never going to listen to this, but you should at least just have it. <laughs> I imagine like that's the same like you should you should listen to those albums to appreciate the musicality if you can like separate the music and the vocals yeah I just really I'd love for them to re-record those albums with Floor on vocals I think that would be incredible because when she sings those songs live it is phenomenal um so that would be my night wish <laughs> Always here for the puns. <laughs> so uh, whilst I was doing my research, I did read that the band uh, dismissed both of their vocalists before Floor. Um, the first one being with a letter after a concert. Now, on the surface, that sounds pretty brutal. And I know there's been various lineup changes that have occurred that haven't been for totally pleasant reasons. Do you know if there's any bad blood there or any reasoning behind that that goes deeper than what I might have read? I mean, I've done a lot of reading. I did a lot of reading around the time when they um, when they dismissed Taya with the letter uh, and there was all kinds of interesting stuff flying around about it. Um, but I guess it's one of those ones where unless you are in the band, you really do not know. Like, you yeah. know, those things where people go, oh, this guy in a band um, is an abuser. The rest of his bandmates must have known. And it's like, no, sometimes you have people in your band who you don't even talk to. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> it's really like it's really difficult for me to interpret what they were going through and what dynamic they had. I think it must be really hard to be a singer in Nightwish. Uh, I think the touring schedule at the time uh, was absolutely crazy. So it's, yeah, like it was probably diff really, really difficult for all parties. Um, I actually met Taya Tarunan, was it last year or the year before? We played the same festival together. Oh, that's and so she cool. was on stage and I'd like just watched her set and I was like, oh my God, I love you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and we got a photo together and it was just the sweetest thing and and she's amazing so yeah it's one of those ones where it's like I think it's really really like there's so few bands that keep their original lineup mm -hmm. so much so much life gets in the way working relationships in a creative sphere are really really difficult 
So I can only like, I almost don't want to like try and interpret what was going on for them because it was probably like really difficult for them. So yeah, so when I, I've listened to the most recent album um, and I really enjoyed the track How's the Heart. It really reminded me of like epic Disney movie soundtracks. <laughs> um, so that was like a nice like nostalgia feeling mixed with like metal, which was cool. Um, random off topic question, but what's your favorite Disney movie in that case? Oh, are we talking classic Disney or are we including Pixar in this? Let's go for both. This is a big, this is a very (laughs) serious question. Uh, Oh, wait, no, it's really easy, actually. I forgot. My favourite film, one of my favourite films of all time is Frozen 2. Uh, And I would also describe Frozen 2 as, like, the songs all sound like Nightwish songs. (laughs) Like, the first song uh, they they sing, I think it's called All Is Found. Oh, my God, that is such a Nightwish progression. But this is where it gets really interesting. So, like, Tumas is a big... Tumas Holopane and the composer for Nightwish is a big Disney fan. He goes to the Disney parks very regularly. Okay. Super into Disney, loads of Disney references in his songs. Um, So you can see where he takes a lot of inspiration. So you saying, How's the Heart has that kind of Disney ballad thing. Yeah, of course. Like that's one of his biggest inspirations. So well spotted. Oh, that makes so. This is what I mean. Like it makes so much sense now. Yeah, Frozen 2, and then favourite Pixar movie, if we're separating them, is Soul. Oh, yeah. Soul just, oh my god, there's that bit in Soul where he plays the gig, and he's been building up and up and up and up to playing that gig, and then he stood outside and everyone's left, and he goes, I thought it would feel different. Oh my god, if I could sum up (laughs) the last ten years (laughs) of my life in one scene... It is that scene, like that scene hits hard. My God. Holy shit, yeah. <laughs> Fuck. It's interesting that your two favourite like Disney and Pixar movies are like relatively recent ones. I it- think Disney got so much better recently. I think recent Disney, just watched Elemental, absolutely amazing, so romantic and like sweet and heartfelt. Strange Worlds was the first um Disney movie with like a gay um, main character and a Mm. gay relationship and like ah I think what they're doing now is uh, so much I mean of course I mean so what's interesting is I didn't really grow up on many Disney films I think I saw like two as a child okay Beauty and the Beast and the Little Mermaid oh and Aladdin Uh, Uh, fun fact I'm named after Princess Jasmine (laughs) <laughs> ah, no way. I don't know why it's spelt the way my name is spelt though. My parents never explained that one to me. <laughs> That's so cool. A good princess to be named after. This is very true. <laughs> um but yeah, I love the the songs from Aladdin and, and mm-hmm. Beauty and the Beast. But I don't have like uh I have way more affiliation for recent Disney. Um, yeah. I suppose like the most recent, all the recent Disney stuff as well is way more relatable for a lot more people as well. So yeah, definitely, definitely, it's so much broader. It's so much more layered. uh, It's more progressive. Like yeah, love, big fan of recent Disney. (laughs) Yeah, it's really interesting because like my my mum is a Disney adult and I was 
I had Disney forced upon me like my whole childhood. I had every Disney princess outfit going. <laughs> wow. And and then I discovered metal. And then it all went downhill from there. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it funny how the things that are sort of a bit forced upon you, you, you sort of digress away from. And then for me, because I didn't really have much Disney at all in my life as a kid, I'm way more... I'm, I guess, I mean, I wouldn't say full Disney adult, but I've been to many of the Disney parks and I've seen most of the Disney movies <laughs> and Frozen 2 is my favourite movie of all time. So I guess that makes me pretty like <laughs> Disney enthusiast. <laughs> I love that. I actually, so I haven't, I have seen Frozen 2 and Soul, but only once. I feel like I need to set aside a whole day for myself and just like binge watch the most recent Disney movies again. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. Um, I mean, oh, also, if you get the chance, go and see Frozen the musical because it is. Oh, that looks cool. It's incredible. Like, it's so much darker than the movie and the special effects and the songs in it. Oh, my God. Spine chilling. It's I, so good. I love going to musicals because I always find like the music, and it's the same in, in Disney movies as well. The music is when it's so much more epic. I, yeah. I I feel like there must be some note, some musical notes that Disney uses, that musical uses, that Nightwish uses, and it just sets something off in my brain that just makes me cry. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Like, why am I crying? It's a fucking song. A lot of people can call it the Disney progression. So it's like to do with where the notes are resolved and okay. the way that they're resolved. And uh, yeah, there, there is, it is a thing. <laughs> right. Okay. That doesn't make me feel so bad because sometimes it happens in the trailers and the adverts. I have to be like, I'm not crying at a trailer. I swear. It's just the music. <laughs> I cry at the Lloyd's Bank advert at the cinema. <laughs> you know, the one that plays with the horse and he's like running yeah. around and like, oh, he's on your side. And <laughs> The music is so rousing and emotive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I okay. no, I totally love it. But I cry at everything, so, you know. <laughs> I'm so glad I'm not the only one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so if you had to direct someone listening to Nightwish for the first time, what three tracks would you suggest encapsulates them perfectly? Ghost Love Score. Uh... uh Oh my god, this is hard. Um, end of all hope. And yeah, let's go with a classic. No, I, I'm torn. I'm between going with a classic and going with a new floor song. Because um, How's the Heart, you mentioned mm -hmm. before, her vocal performance at the end of that song where she starts belting it, that makes me cry. It's so yep. beautiful, so powerful. Um, oh my god! Oh, but do, but do I pick a ballad? Like this is big. Three songs. Can I have just like three? Um, <laughs> no, because then uh, that's an album. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'll pick one, but I'll pick a twenty-minute-long one. Um, the greatest show on earth. <laughs> I love that. That's a bold choice. <laughs> twenty-minute-long song. <laughs> if you're trying to get someone into a band they never heard of before, be like, yeah. Listen to this 20 minute song. <laughs> I mean, if that doesn't work, nothing will. 
<laughs> so obviously everyone knows the quintessential and biggest uh songs for Nightwish like Amaranth, Nemo and Wish I Had an Angel etc but which tracks do you think are hidden gems and underrated would you know what's funny with that is I think those are some it's always bands tend to get to a point where they release stuff as singles that um is almost like a kind of it's a very accessible version of them mm-hmm. it's it's very like sort of I don't want to use the phrase watered down but it's um it's not them at their strongest and wish I had an angel amaranth and uh especially amaranth actually and uh Nemo are some of the like I would say weakest Nightwish songs <laughs> which is really there's a bit and what's really weird is Nemo the album version has this soaring orchestral movement at the end of it which is the best bit of the song beautiful and uh, the single version, they took that bit out. <laughs> they cut it out. It's like, what? Oh, my God. <laughs> Sacrilege. Yeah. Um, I mean, the hidden ones, I would say, I would say um, there's a song called Pan on their most recent album, which has a really incredible vocal performance at the end. Uh, I would say um, Deep Silent Complete off Wishmaster, which is... My vocal warm up song. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, let's pick something off. Oh, Oceanborn, um, Sleeping Sun, which is a ballad, very Disney ballad. And it's actually a song that they entered uh, to represent Finland in the Eurovision Song Contest many, Ooh. many years ago. But they were in, so you know, you get your, your competition where you're competing to represent your country. Mm-hmm. They didn't get they didn't win that sadly so they never got to go and, and play at eurovision um but then, yeah yeah they but should definitely do it again like i'm sure they there'll be more opportunities they could nail it i think there's a thing where if you're a certain size of band you can't do it now like if okay. you're too popular and to have too many fans and record sales you can't because like otherwise people would just enter you know well i suppose i don't know yeah there must be some sort of reason why (laughs) yeah oh that's a shame that would have been would have been cool to see nightwish on eurovision (laughs) yep they can join the array of many many metal bands that have absolutely smashed it at eurovision (laughs) Mm -hmm. so they have quite a nice array of merchandise and artwork designs are you a fan of band merch uh, I'm really, really fussy when it comes to band merch. Uh, very fussy. I won't buy anything where the logo is at like the bottom. You know, okay. on the, where bands put the logo at the bottom. Saying no one, no one, no girl wants the logo there. Like, yeah, especially like if you tuck your shirts into your jeans. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which most people do. Like it's oh, it's so unflattering. Um, and yeah, I'm really so. I don't actually. I don't own any Nightwish merch, but I'm really fussy about what merch I wear. And I haven't found a Nightwish shirt where I'm like, yep, that's the one. If I do get one, I'd love to get like an old school one, like maybe the album cover for Oceanborn or or something Mm. like that, something a bit more retro. Uh, I do, however, have a book, a hardback book. Um, It's all in Finnish and it's just, it's the Nightwish book and it's like dark blue velvet with a, an embossed logo on the cover it's very it's very cool and uh nick from Karang gave that to me he was like i found this found this lying around in the office <laughs> and then just posted it to me it's like best post day ever 
Um, so yeah, and I have a set list from one of their shows at the Astoria. So I have like a few special things and like mm-hmm. a Century Child on purple vinyl. Amazing. Um, but I don't actually have any Nightwish shirts. Damn. So this Nightwish book, is it like a biography? Is it their lyrics? Like what is, describe this book to me. There's a lot of photos in it, photos from like video shoots, photos from tours, behind the scenes kind of stuff. And all the text, there's a lot of text. The book is like this thick. It's huge. It's like a really, really big book. Um, I think it's like their story, really. It's kind of done in a photo bookie with a lot of text, where like a coffee table book rather than yeah. an, um, a biography. Uh yeah, I, I guess I'd describe it as a really large coffee table book. <laughs> <laughs> and does it live on your coffee table? I don't have a coffee table, so no. <laughs> no. <laughs> if you had a coffee table, that's where it would live. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Fried centerpiece. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So, okay, besides not owning any, like, band shirts what do you love about them visually i mean two is hall of fame have you seen it <laughs> a dream um, no, really, like uh that was so shallow i'm so sorry no no, no i get that as well <laughs> i again like they just they have that kind of imagery where it feels like a world so the album covers feel like a place that you could step into. The colours match the emotions of the songs. The way they dress on stage, like Taya Tarunam would always match the colour of her mic and her mic stand with her outfits. So she'd wear like all red and she'd have her red mic and red mic stand. Super cool stuff. And like, uh, obviously for the more recent albums, Floor Janssen has had these amazing outfits made. Like, I think the aesthetic for the last one was a little bit steampunk inspired and they had these mm. cool kind of, Oh, it's very subtle, like steam. It's not, you know, over the top goggles on the head or anything, which is a good thing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they definitely have like, they always feel like they've evolved with every look. Um, and yeah, the artwork for the albums just feels like a place you can step into. And like, I don't know, this is going to sound, how do I say it? Um, some, Groups of people look like a band, like they mm-hmm. look like a gang kind of thing, and they look like they belong together. And even though Nightwish don't have that kind of uniform look, say, compared to a band like Ghost, where the image is so curated and so thoroughly thought out, um, Nightwish just, yeah, they look like they belong together, which is really nice. And yeah, Timus Holopainen is a beautiful man. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, it's interesting what you said there about um, like evolution and evolving, because I found through all these chats I've had so far and all the bands that I've spoken about, it seems quite rare for artists as big as Nightwish to put out consistent material the longer they've been going without leaving like massive 10 year gaps between them. Nightwish, however, their longest span has been most recently and it's just five years between 2015 and their latest output 2020 do you think how long do you think it'll be until the next piece of material we hear and how do you find their sound has evolved and changed um i would hazard a guess that it would be again at least another five years because as i said floor 
just had a, her second child. So I think that's going to slow things down in terms of the writing process. And obviously it all depends where they're at creatively. I think the beauty of being in a band like Nightwish is you don't need to rush the creative process. You don't need to be pumping out an album every two years. And fans appreciate that. Like I would rather a band took five, seven years to make an album that sounded inspired mm -hmm. than rush something out in two years for the sake of ticking a box to say we've done another album yeah. um i think the sound in language i mean it's evolved in so many ways obviously you've got like more musicians are in the band now so you've got the guy who plays um all the the folk style instruments i don't even know what those instruments are called but there's like a Thing and a I did I did read them earlier, but I didn't write them down because I know if I tried to pronounce them, I would get it horribly wrong. So, <laughs> so I mean, yeah, that is a thing that they they've introduced into the band, and it's definitely influenced their sound. And you can hear like a lot more. They've always had a folky aspect to them, but that element has become a lot richer over time. I think dynamicness of Floor as a vocalist where she can do so many different styles of vocals has really opened a lot of doors for Nightwish in terms of delivery of lyrics and songwriting and where a song can go like the ending of Pan is a really good example of that where it suddenly goes into this huge bombastic operatic bit but then you've got How's the Heart where she's belting it like a kind mm -hmm. of 18 rock singer like she is so dynamic and she's made the band sound even more versatile um and they've definitely you can hear them exploring new av avenues especially on the most recent album human nature which i would say is the most progressive mm -hmm. of the of the nightwish albums so yeah they've kind of the the disney metal that is the base layer of nightwish is always there it's always there but they have definitely grown into like exploring so many other like progressive and folky elements as well yeah oh awesome well that was that was my last question so ah. thank you so much for having this chat with me i hope you've had a fun time talking my ears off about nightwish i've had a fun time listening to you talking my ears off about nightwish and i'm really looking forward to like when i'm working tomorrow just putting nightwish on and listening to the to the songs that you mentioned and being like oh it makes sense now <laughs> oh thank you so much it was really fun chatting well, with you about Nightwish and thank you for listening to me waffle on about the greatest band in the world <laughs> <laughs> thank you for listening to i'm your biggest fan if you enjoyed what you heard please don't forget to like share subscribe comment send it to your nan in the post every little helps you can follow us everywhere at biggest fan underscore pod Follow me everywhere at Rathchild underscore jazz, Noise at Noise UK on everything, Noise Podcast Network at Noise Podcast Network on everything, and Satanic Tico at Satanic Tico and at Pitch Black Nor. If you have a band member in mind that you think would be perfect for this podcast, perfect for this topic of conversation, or maybe you are the band member and you're the super fan, drop us a comment, drop us an email. All other info can be found below in the description. And thanks again for listening. We'll catch you soon.